choir and worship team. Hey, would you just take a moment and uh, say hello to your neighbor and greet them and just to welcome them uh, to this beautiful morning. It's been a bit of heaven today. Amen. There we go. Well, let me also invite you now to remain standing as we open God's Word together. Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 8 through 20. Familiar story indeed. But what a, what a sweet, sweet taste of heaven this morning. Thank you to the worship team and all involved in that. Uh, just, a, just a glimpse of, of what awaits uh, those who are part of the family of God in heaven itself. So, so thank you, Tim, and for everyone's leadership today. I want to uh, bring you good news of great joy as we look at this, this passage. Very familiar, I'm sure. But Lord, give us fresh eyes as we open it together. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, I'm beginning here with verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May God add this blessing to his word this morning. Please be seated. Well, if you have been with us these last few weeks during this Advent season, we've been looking at the role of angels in the Christmas story. And we talked about their message. We, we saw the angel Gabriel who came to Zechariah and, and told him that he would be the father of the precursor, the, the predecessor of the Messiah himself. And his name would be, of course, John. Then six months later, that same angel, Gabriel, came to a young virgin named Mary in Nazareth and told her the surprising and shocking news that she would be giving birth to the Son of God. Then, sometime later, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, don't divorce Mary, because that which is conceived in her is born of the Holy Spirit. 
But just as important as the angel's message that a baby was to be born, the message that that keeps unfolding as we look at these messages is the plan and story of God's salvation. The angels were given the task of sharing the gospel of God's redemption of the world. You know, one of the words that comes to my mind when I think of Christmas is the word magical. I don't know about you, and I don't know if you grew up similar to the way I did, but we had some great, great family traditions in our family growing up. I was a part of a big clan, the Schultzes. My, my dad had uh, 10 brothers and sisters, and they would all come together for Christmas. So I had dozens and dozens of cousins and so much food you could hardly imagine it. But then on Christmas Eve, we would get together with my mom's side of the family, um, she also had a fairly large family. We had, she had five brothers, so there were a lot of kids there involved as well. But I remember on the way to my grandparents, my sister and I would sit on two, the two sides of the car, and, and, each of, uh, and, and we would count Christmas trees on the way to Grandma's house. And we would count the Christmas trees to see who could see the most on the trip. Of course, that was a, a large family, too. I remember so much of the, of the, the gift exchanges, the, the excitement of, of those moments. But then, of course, the most exciting part was getting ready for Christmas morning. Yes, I was one of those kids who could hardly fall asleep. I remember one Christmas Eve staying up all night. My father, my grandfather, in fact, had given me a little radio, just a little radio for my birthday. And so to tell you the kind of kid I was, maybe nine, 10 years old, something like that, I stayed up all night tuning in the Messiah chorus, or the uh, Handel's Messiah chorus, you know, the Hallelujah chorus. I fell in love with that. And so I just tuned it in all night, wherever I could find it on the radio, dial, just going back and forth, trying to tune that in all evening until that, that next morning when I finally was able to get out of bed, go downstairs, probably what, five o'clock, 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> Parents loved that. And, and the beautiful mystery, the magic of seeing the lights, the fire, we would go downstairs, see the presence, and then we would sit, sit, before, uh, uh, sit down beside the fire and, and spend some time reading the Christmas story, reminding ourselves again of the greatest gift that has ever been given. Maybe Maybe some of that magic is here because it is really connected to this part of the Christmas story that we've just read. We see these shepherds who are, who are just doing what shepherds do, their normal thing. They're on a hillside sitting in darkness. When suddenly, shockingly, they are surprised to see a heavenly messenger, an angel, who appears before them and he breaks through the darkness with a sense of glory. He delivers a message that still resonates through the darkness today. And I want us to consider those four little short phrases he begins with that I think powerfully communicates the reason for this season. You'll notice that the angel begins, do not be afraid. If you remember the older translations, it used to say, fear not. Now, it makes sense that an angel might begin with this message. A heavenly being of light interrupts the darkness of that night would have jolted anyone to fear. I'm sure the shepherds were terrified. Not long ago, I was in a hotel room all by myself, 
and I was fast asleep when suddenly the alarm clock uh, went off. I had not set the alarm, so it startled me greatly. As I opened my eyes, in my disorientation, I could swear I saw someone looking at me over my bed. I cried out, help me, Jesus, just like that, almost automatically, help me, Jesus. Now, it turned out it was just the drapes, and as the, you know, it was just the way the shadows fell. But I was scared, and I don't think I slept after that, that evening. The angel begins here, do not be afraid. I wonder about the shepherd's fears. They were keeping watch, the Bible says. The New Living Translation says they were guarding their sheep. You know that you guard something out of fear. For shepherds, they were fearful that wild animals could come and eat the sheep, or perhaps thieves might come and steal their property. The truth is, we live in a fallen world, and those things happen. What's more, shepherds lived in Palestine, where Roman soldiers were often harsh and corrupt. They could arrest them at any time, and Take their property at will. But when the angel appears, their fear arises to a new level. I like the way the King James reads. It says they were sorely afraid. It almost conjures up an image of their muscles were tense. They could hardly breathe. Their their heart was racing frantically at the sight. But the angel begins with this message. Do not be afraid. Now, I wonder this morning, does anyone need to hear that? I remember the story of a little first grader who was given a role in the Christmas pageant as an angel. His mother rehearsed his one line over and over with him again and again. Hark, it is I, don't be afraid. Hark, it is I, don't be afraid. Hark, it is I, don't be afraid. But when it came time for the pageant, the the, the lights, the crowd, the, the nervousness of it all just kind of overwhelmed the young man. And when it came for his line, he said, heck, it's me and I'm scared to death. <laughs> there are fears today. I think, of course, of the conflicts all around the world. We could talk about that for hours. Uh, Afghanistan, the Ukraine. Last weekend, we sent our foreign exchange student, Juan, back to his, his home in Colombia, and he was moving to Bogota, and he described to us how in Bogota right now, there are often riots in the streets from students, and how many of those students have been killed by the authorities. Here in the United States, of course, we have uncertainty. The economy is said to be good, but we wonder for how long. And not everybody is doing well. We've seen our president impeached and the political machinations continue. Another election looms just over the horizon. It seems like the polarization and division in our society is only increasing. And of course, in our communities, there is the fear of opioid addiction and overdose. There is crime, the breakdown of the family. Dr. Ralph May, a psychologist of the Mayo Clinic, says anxiety is the official emotion of our age. 
And so we talk about fear. But those are macro fears. I wonder what your fears are this morning. Some are, are, are fearful for things that are much more personal. We, we fear loss. Maybe it's the diagnosis of cancer and the loss of our health or mobility. Financial problems. Maybe we've lost our job. A child whose heart is wayward. A marriage that has grown cold. The fear of watching our parents age. Mom with dementia. What are, what are you afraid of today? Listen to the angel who says to the shepherds, because I think that message is for us. Don't be afraid. Because unto you is born this day a Savior who is the Messiah, Christ, the Lord. You see, Jesus Christ comes to save us from our fears. Whatever you could say about this baby born in Bethlehem that night, you would have to say that Jesus was fearless. You know, when he was 12 years old, you remember the story, he got separated from his parents in downtown Jerusalem at the temple. But was he terrified? No. He stayed by himself for three days right there in the temple. And he went in and he debated with the rulers and all the religious folks right there. He wasn't stage struck. And they were amazed at the depth of his understanding. Imagine that. And when he began his ministry at 30 years of age, he was baptized. And then the Bible says he immediately went into the wilderness by himself and he battled the elements, and of course, he battled temptation with Satan. During his ministry, he returns to the temple one more time. This time, he faced the powers of his day head on. When he saw that the temple was more like a marketplace than it was a worship place, he quotes scripture and he says, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, and you've made it into a den of thieves. And then he took a whip. And he began to overturn the tables of the com- those who were conducting their commerce. He wasn't afraid. Jesus had no fear. And then, of course, I think about the night that, that Jesus was arrested. He was tried and crucified on the cross. Never once did he say a word of protest. He was not afraid to die. Instead, he stood strong and he forgave those who crucified him. He was a comforting presence to the repentant thief that was beside him. He could say to that thief, today you will be with me in paradise. And Jesus says to us, don't be afraid. Now, he never promises that we're not going to have difficult circumstances. In fact, he said in this world, in this world you will have trial and tribulation but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And he said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I love that little plaque that says, Lord, help me to remember that nothing is going to happen to me today that you and I can't handle together. Some people say, well, the Lord will never give me more than I can handle Let me tell you, that's not true. However, he will never give you more than he can handle. And that is true. 
So we don't need to be afraid. What are you afraid of this morning? Angel says to the shepherds, and he says to you, don't be afraid. Why? Because I bring you good news. Now listen, we are inundated with all kinds of bad news. Looking at the headlines from the plane dealer on Friday morning were these. Bedford High School teacher charged with sexual battery of two students. Eleven indicted in illegal gambling operation. Road rage incident leads to shooting. Woman walking dog struck by hit and run driver. Of course, we have the news of impeachment, the crisis of immigration, the prospect of global warming. And I don't know what you do if you're a Michigan fan. That's, that's <laughs> bad news. Gets our attention. And there's always plenty of that to speak of. But the angel said to the shepherd, I bring you good news. Now, now think about that. I wonder what they were thinking when they heard there was good news. What would you think if you heard right now, I've got good news for you? Did they think, did we win the lottery? Do we get to quit our jobs? Do we get to go home and get back to our beds? Have the Romans been vanquished and we are a free people? I wonder if there was a little bit of a letdown when they heard the good news is this, a baby has been born. Think about that. A, a baby being born, that is nice, and I'm sure that they were glad for, for the parents, but, but really? You know, it, it takes a while, doesn't it, for a child to grow up and make a difference. Sure, that's good news, but my life isn't going to change very much. And I wonder sometimes if that's not the way many receive the Christmas story. It's nice and sentimental, and it's got some warm fuzzies to it. The baby's born. It gives us a, a reason to get together and exchange gifts and all of that. But do we really receive the birth as good news? Has it changed my life? The, the deliverance of the shepherds was not going to be physical. It didn't mean that their jobs got changed, their finances changed, their social status changed. None of that. The birth of this baby meant something spiritual. Listen, their hearts could be changed. God was entering the world. We couldn't get to him, so he came to us. The Lord, in all his magnificence and glory, had humbled himself to enter into human form as a tiny, helpless baby. Now, that's too much even for me or us to comprehend, but it's good news because it means this, that God loves us, and he does not leave us alone. Now, think about that. The shepherds could not have seen it all. They could not understand everything. But we who are here this morning, we know more than they did. 
We've read the end of the book. We know the end of the story. We know that that baby grew up and he died on the cross for our sins and he beat death by rising again in victory. The book of Revelation tells us that this Jesus Christ, this little baby born in Bethlehem, is going to come again in power and glory and he will put all of his enemies under his feet. And and it doesn't matter then how much it may seem that evil is winning the victory. In the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that this baby is Christ the Lord. And, And that is a message, my friends, that is so good that we have to share it. It is news to the whole world. And it's a message we need to share that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is good news. And so the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. Righteousness is going to win. God is for you. This is good news of great joy. Now, I want to stop right there because it occurs to me in this room, this Christmas season can be especially hard for so many. Now, everything for you might not be happiness and light and laughter In fact, I'm told that there is often more depression during the Christmas season than at any other time because the holidays kind of underscore an area of pain. Maybe this morning you feel alone and and you hate it. Or or you've had a, a death in the family and this year there's an empty chair at the table. Or maybe your children are older now and they've gone out of the house. I have three sons in college. Uh, one is in Indiana, and three, or two of them are in Kentucky. And it's so nice to have them home. Wow, it's so much fun. But Mary and I have talked about this. We know the reality is, as our daughter goes off to school next year, that there's a good chance that our kids are probably going to end up living probably not next to mom and dad. I grew up in a close family. We all live close together, and I recognize however, that in our situation, there will be a holiday when they won't be able to come home. Other obligations eventually might call them, and we will write them out of our will as a result. (laughs) But we make choices. Not like there's much in that anyway, so it's big deal, right? And listen, maybe Christmas isn't ideal for you this year. I get it. But the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Let me remind you this morning, there's a difference between, there's a difference between happiness and joy, isn't there? Happiness depends on happenings. Happiness depends on our circumstances, how things are going. But joy is deeper. Joy is is in reference to our relationship with God, and it transcends our circumstances. In joy, we have hope for our future. You see, Jesus didn't have ideal circumstances when he was born. In Bethlehem, Joseph's hometown, where his family was, when, when, when the scandal surrounding the birth of this baby was known, it was so serious that they couldn't find shelter in Joseph's hometown. 
They, they were so rejected that they had to go to an inn to look for a place to stay. That didn't work either. So they ended up vying for space between chickens and cattle and being careful to watch every step. A little girl looked at the manger and said, Mommy, did Jesus grow up to live happily ever after? And the answer is no. No, he grew up to be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. People rejected him. People betrayed him and let him down. They crucified him. But just before he died, he gathered his disciples together and he said, Now I say these things to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be made full. You see, for Jesus, it was more, his joy was more than about what was happening in his life. It was more than just circumstances. And I want to promise you this morning that you can have joy this Christmas, even though your circumstances may not be ideal. I talked with Jen Trudell on Friday morning. Jen's father is passing. He's in hospice care, and she was very broken. But I was so glad for the opportunity just to spend some time with her over the phone as she's ministering to her dad. And we talked, and she said, you know, Pastor, Dad always appreciated being able to come into our services here. He really enjoyed what, what Friends Church had to offer. And I said, well, that's wonderful to hear. And she said, you know, about 10 years ago, he received Christ finally into his life. He had been a Vietnam vet. He had PTSD. He had numerous problems. But he finally agreed to invite Jesus Christ into his life. And that doesn't mean it's always been easy, but I have this. I know that when he is gone from this earth, I will see him again in heaven. And that brings me comfort and joy. 28 times in scripture, the phrase, it, we have the phrase, rejoice and be glad. The, the, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Let us rejoice and be glad in the salvation of our God. So even today, no matter what your circumstances are, I challenge you to experience the joy of this season, the joy that comes from knowing Christ. God has given us his salvation. And if you are waiting until everything is absolutely perfect before you enjoy this Christmas season, you'll never get there. But you can have joy if Jesus Christ is your savior. And so the angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all the people. And I want to just stop right there. Because maybe we don't talk about this enough, but I want you to think about the shepherds. They were hardly the ones you would expect to receive this announcement. Shepherds were people who didn't have much skill to do anything else. They were the night shift, the low-wage, the low-skilled folks, forgotten, looked down upon. Now, this message is for them, the Bible says. And by the way, then it also points out that the message is for those wise, elite people coming from the East, too. Everyone is included. This good news is for people who look like me and people who don't look like me. Jesus comes 
Jesus coming means good news for all the people. And so when Luke tells his story and you get this theme again and again, we will see the story of Jesus is good news for sinners. The story of Jesus is good news for prostitutes and tax collectors and the sick and the lame and the blind. It's good news for outsiders and Gentiles and ostracized Samaritans. This is good news for everybody. But don't miss this. Hear me when I say this. But what we can't miss then, if this morning this is good news for all the people, listen, my friends, it is good news for you. It's good news for me. And we can miss that. If you don't hear the story and realize it's good news for you, you haven't heard the story. This is good news for the divorced and the depressed. This is good news for the addict and the lonely. This is good news for the gay man and the transgender woman. This is good news for me. This, this is what I realized. We talk about all the people. And then I realized that includes me. God came to earth for Jeff Schultz. He wants me to know him. He wants me to have a relationship with him. Everything that I am, everything that I am not, believe me, I am not a lot of the things that you think I am. But God loves me anyway. And he came for me. He knows the truth about me. And this is still good news. And I want you to know, friend, wherever you are, whatever you've done, this is good news for you. He loves you, and if you will confess who you are to him, if you will be open to him about your sins, your stuff, your mess. He sent a Messiah for a reason. And he wants to be born in you. And then we have the message. So the whole sky was filled with the angels, and they praised God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill unto whom his favor rests. And I promise you this, his favor will rest on you if you like the shepherds will bow before him this Christmas. Do you know him? Was this good news for you? What are you afraid of? Even this morning, you can give your heart to him. This Christmas, you can know the gift that God has given us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you once again, for the clarity of a message that reminds us that, Lord, you love us so much. That your son left the throne of heaven to become one of us, that he might live among us and remind us that God is for us and not against us. That God has paid the penalty of our sin through the salvation of your blood shed on the cross. Lord, I thank you that we can live in hope and joy, that we don't have to be afraid, that there is nothing that is going to happen to us, that, Lord, we cannot in confidence say, I am a child of God, I belong to him. He's with me even now. I pray, Lord, that uh, whatever fears we bring into this place, we can lay down 
and we would find joy instead, that we would be able to see and rise above our circumstances and give you praise for what you accomplished. And lo, Lord, we might look around and sometimes think, well, our lives haven't changed much. Our circumstances, our finances, our job are still the same. And yet when we look to you, we realize something is happening within us. Our hearts are changing. And we're becoming more bold in our declaration that we belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Lord, thank you for wanting us to be a part of your family. Lord, may we, may we receive this good news today with joy. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.